Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacy Mitchell. And we have Gabe behind the camera. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And I believe top 10 in the country. We'll find out momentarily from Remax International. And we are streaming live every single week. On Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Give us a follow, like the channels, all that good stuff. So, ladies, it has been a volatile week with mortgage rates. We've seen rates go from a couple weeks ago, like 5.875, maybe, you know, high fives, all the way up to we're getting quoted right now as of today with our lender that, that we typically work with, Mortgage America, 6 and five eights, and I know some people are getting quoted as high as six point seven five. So a lot of this has to do with what's going on with the ten-year Treasury bill. That's typically how mortgage rates are priced. And what what is wild to me, and I want to get your reaction here, is if you look at the beginning of the year, um, and even like towards the end of November, we saw, but but really since the beginning of the year, we saw rates pretty much and and the ten-year Treasury steadily decline, and then all of a sudden. The past couple weeks, and there's been a little volatility. It danced around from like 3.4 to 3.5% on its yield. And then now it's up north of 3.8. And that's created these these rates rising here. So how is this affecting the market? What do you guys think about all this? Well, I think that uh, we'll know more into next week how this plays out. Um, I just was looking at the rate sheet, and it is 6.75 for 30-year fixed rate. And the arms... The arms mm-hmm. are higher at this point, too. Um, so I think it, it has to take a moment to set in. It You know, I don't think buyers are going to be that aware of the change unless they're just getting their pre-approvals now. And then it's reflected in that pre-approval letter. Um, I think it's going to take a, a little bit to seep in, as it always does, you know, once we start diving into the numbers and doing cost sheets and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's unfortunate because there was like a little patch there not too long ago where it kind of seemed like things were stabilizing mm-hmm. a little bit where it's like, all right, we're not really anticipating any major um, moves in either direction. Like we're probably going to be dancing around this like six, 6.25. And it's not that it's like that crazy far off from it mm-hmm. right now, but it's high enough that it's I'm definitely hearing a lot of chatter about it from from different clients. So there's a chart on Keeping Current Matters. Um, we had uh, actually talked about it last week at one of our trainings, and we we did a video show on it this week. It's on YouTube. And it shows that when buyer demand like and, and relative to rates, like you still see good demand from buyers until you hit like six and a half. Mm-hmm. And then six and a half seems to be, and this is just more that the buyer's like backing off. So when it goes like get north of six and a half, all of a sudden – they cool back. They cool off. Is that what you're seeing here with the market? Because it's been like this for about a week now. Um, and, I mean, is, is that kind of the trigger point for folks? And, obviously, people are still out there looking, but I, I think it does dampen demand a bit here. Yeah, it does. Uh, when it went up almost into the sevens, or there was a time where we did go into the sevens, mm-hmm. um, that's where I noticed the, the majority of the pullback from some buyers. Um, and then once it dipped into the sixes again um and definitely when it got below 6.5 uh i saw more buyers coming back into the fold so yeah. we're we'll see how this plays out as far as if they're more 
getting used to mm-hmm. the fluctuating mm-hmm. rates. Like right. it's just so unpredictable and we talk about it all the time. Do not try to time the market. Right. Get the house. Yeah. Because the, you know, the the price points just keep going higher and higher. With every home that's sold, it becomes a comp. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to continue that process. We just, um, it's been a very aggressive weekend as far as multiple offers. I mean, we all know how how insane some of the, some of the houses were with yeah. multiple offers, you know, 11, 20 something offers. So it's just going to, it's just going to be that way. Yeah. So if you have, if you have the need and, and you have the motivation, you just have to bite the bullet and get into a home. Yeah. And, and it is like, it's, it's interesting. I was at a showing yesterday for a property that was only allowing 15 minute time slots. Wow. The deadline was for, I think like seven o'clock last night. Mm. And when I pulled up, I was there a couple minutes early. There was a group leaving. I was waiting on my client. The next group got there. Since it was only a 15-minute wow. showing, I was like, hey, if you're here, like, can we just swap times right. while I'm, like, waiting for my my client? The next show, like, it was – because sometimes, you know, you see it's, like, blocked door. off, and you're like, oh, maybe people, like, didn't really show or, like, whatever. No. Right. They like, were every, showing. Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. I know. It's, yeah. It's Give me a little flashback. <laughs> I feel like it's flashback for yeah. sure. Um, at the open house this weekend, it was, it was, it was, it was mm-hmm. that way. It was just a constant flow of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks knew already they had the idea that, oh, you know, so how many offers do you already have? You know, is everything over asking price? But then you still had the occasional person saying, do you think it's going to go for asking price? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so you, yep. then, you know, oh, you're a newbie and in coming into the market. <laughs> Someone hasn't really educated you yet on what's really going on. Right. <laughs> Well, and uh, we're going to see this more because inventory fell again last week by 6,858 units in, in, in the entire country, keeping that post-2020 theme that um, housing uh, inventory is going to bottom out uh, a little later than usual. And then on top of that, we also saw purchase applications fall 6% last week. So, it, it, you know, and I think that that's relative to the inventory. It's not demand. It's not lack of demand. And, and what we can't chart is how many offers every home gets. That would be you know, really great data to have. But to your point, the demand is there. There's an inventory challenge. And there are some people that have pulled out of the market. Have you had any clients that like backed off and they said, uh, rates are a little too high. We're not. I mean, and I'm talking over literally the past 10 days. I'm seeing you say yes, Stacy. Tell yeah. us more about that. Yeah, just, um, well, it has to do with the rates and it has to do with the their perceived lack of inventory and the, the uncertainty. So they're just like, no, we're just going to wait it out. We're going to see what's, what's going to happen more towards summertime. They still had enough time in their lease agreement that they could mm-hmm. sit out a couple more months to see what happens. Um, so, you know, definitely they're, they're, I see them still looking and, you know, still opening right. and getting into the portal. So the interest is still there. Right. I just think the uncertainty and some people don't have a, a tolerance for risk. Right. You know, some people just don't have it. Right. <laughs> so you have to, um, you know, you have to have a certain level of tolerance for risk and mm-hmm. and, and take the chance. Um, some people, you know, if they're adverse to that, they're just going to sit it out for a little bit. But, yeah, that was that was disappointing. But, you know, they're still not totally knocked out. Right, right. Yeah, and, I mean, when you can see that they're still searching, still opening things, still looking – even with the rates being where they where they are, like if really the perfect place popped up, hopefully they would still want to go like take a look. You know, mm-hmm. they just like, yeah, 
kind of want to pull back for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like take a breather and see you know, right. if something, what direction is the, sure. are, are the rates going to go over seven? But again, I, like we say all the time, don't try to time the market. Right. Well, and, and that's, I mean, that that's what we see a lot of folks say is that you can't, you have to look at like who's going to have the, the budget to still purchase right now. I think that's one question because some people, I mean, we've talked to agents on our team where they said they would go higher, but they can't. Like they're really at their maximum allowable payment or the maximum payment they feel comfortable with. Um, I'm clear we're going to start seeing people talk about buy downs again. We, we talked a lot yeah. about that in, in the fourth quarter. Um, I'd be also looking at if I'm an agent right now, I'm looking at like looking at the rates daily, like the fact that, I mean, you guys said, hey, here's where the rates are coming in. Like that's it, got to be a daily conversation because if you're not looking at that and you're not researching, you know, the hot sheet every day and looking at what's coming on the market, this volatility is pretty incredible that, I mean, you look at the, just what's happened so far in the past 51, 52 days, we've gone from almost an entire point spread. I mean, pretty darn close where we saw like yeah. 5.875 with a couple banks and now all of a sudden we're at 6.75. So that's that's incredible to me that it's been that short of amount of time and that volatility is happening so often. So how are you advising the clients that want to transact, whether they're sellers or buyers? Like, what, what do you have them looking at? Are you still proceeding the same way you normally would? Because th- this volatility is, it's, it's just incredible how fast the market's been moving. And it's almost like a daily basis. I mean, you see rates go up, they go down, and we're waiting on what the Fed says. What's the CPI data say? It, the market's very reactionary right now, and I've really never seen anything like this before. Yeah, I mean, for for people who are at the top of their budget, um, I'm advising to, you know, maybe we should look at things that are a little bit lower so that we can factor in, you know, monthly payments and kind of see where, where those numbers come in at. Um, and if it is a home that is up at the top of their budget, let's wait until it's been on the market for, a, like, if it sticks around on the market, then we may have some negotiation room. Um, but if it's top of your budget at the point where like maybe you were you were factoring with rates being a little bit lower and it just hit the market and it's like a, it's a house that you know is going to go quickly, you might not have as much of a shot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that just um, really getting to the folks who are have motivation right mm-hmm. now, it's urgent. Okay, and then we go into what are you willing to relinquish as far as your home search? Are you mm-hmm. willing to expand your parameters? Are you willing to get rid of that second bathroom and just do a half bath? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you willing to, you know, have lesser of a backyard? What are you willing to sacrifice so we can look at homes, like you said, Sarah, that have been on the market a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. See if that's opportunity. Are there houses that the seller aggressively priced higher that have been sitting there right. that maybe there's nothing wrong with a home. Right. It's a great home, but it's overpriced and mm-hmm. maybe there's opportunity there, you know? And that's exactly what I did uh, with the clients that are out, out of town. We were able to capitalize on a home that was well overpriced. Mm. Um, Smart. Yeah. And the listing agent, you know, apparently I'd have conversations with the seller about it. Um, but we, when we presented an offer, he was able to get her to come to her senses because there yeah. was no other offers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So um, it just, it, it was a, a good strategy. And you have to look for other off-market opportunities. Yeah. I, I don't, I, this is the same market we saw at the beginning of last year. Now, I, the difference is, I, I'm clear we got a window right now. There's a seasonality to the market here that we haven't seen since 2019. And for all the folks that are thinking, oh, it's going to keep up or it's going to go like this, especially the real estate agents, I'd be working my butt off right now because once the summer hits, you're going to see this demand wane pretty dramatically 
because this is seasonal demand. This is what we're seeing right now. I mean, and I, I cannot stress that enough. And the agents that think it's always going to be like this or it's too hard, I'd be working even harder to put these clients into homes because we don't know what it's going to be like in July or August. And that that's the reality of where the market's going right now. And, and we'll get into that with our next topic here. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about Gary Keller uh, and some comments he made at Keller Williams Family Reunion, which I found fascinating. And in our third segment, we got Chris Smith from Curator, huge personality in the real estate industry. Excited to have him coming on. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, tool with an E, dot com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. Gabe is behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we've got a major guest coming on. We're just knocking it out of the park with these guests lately. Garrett Stubbs last week. This week we've got Chris Smith, New York Times, best-selling author, uh, co-founder of Curator, wrote The Conversion Code. He's going to be on uh, shortly here in our third segment. But first, what I want to talk about, I love when Gary Keller comes out and talks. I, I think he is one of the most dynamic speakers in the real estate industry. 
And, you know, it's a great example of following a thought leader just because he's not affiliated with whatever brand we're affiliated with. This guy knows what he's talking about. So Keller Williams had their family reunion and it's basically their big convention every year. And uh, so he uh, Gary came out and said, and, and, and there was a couple talking points here. I want to run through these is that this is the most confusing market he's ever seen in his 40 years in the industry. And it's confusing because you have mixed signals. Normally, you'd expect all the signals to aim in one direction, and that's not what is happening right now. Thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that's it's true. Like, there's you get like conflicting things every day. Mm-hmm. And I know we were just talking about in the last segment here about, you know, everyday checking interest rates and, and things like that. But yeah, the, like, there isn't a clear course for exactly what's what's happening, which again just goes towards, you know, you can't really time the market exactly. So I think everything is just unpredictable in the past number of years. I mean, just across the board, everything. So, um, and, and it just spills into this real estate because nobody really predicted that we, when we were able to open up after our COVID lockdowns, nobody predicted the, the, you know, fever pace that, Mm -hmm. that, that happened. Um, so this is just more of that par for course, you know, it's, you can, uh, you can predict that it will be unpredictable. That's for sure. <laughs> there you go. So he went on to say, I found this pretty fascinating. Um, and he said this like, apparently a couple times at the event. Um, what I noticed is that, and that there are people that don't do anything differently than they did when things were in, when it was the, the good times. Right. So, uh, I, I butchered that quote. So what he noticed is that there are people that don't do anything different than they were during the good times. And you can't do that. When times get hard, you have to ramp it up. And this is evident. And we've seen the number of agents drop for the first time in a while. It was 1.6 million realtors at the end of last year. It's down to 1.5 million. And there's going to be less homes that are selling. And what he went on to say is that the net productive agents, this is different than the number of total agents, by the way, because some agents don't sell anything. Net productive means they did one deal in the MLS. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The average that we're seeing right now is 6.3 for the number of transactions, and that's uh, what NAR came out and said. Um, and, and the historic average is closer to 10, and what they're anticipating happening is that number is going to come back up. But 6.3 transaction sides was the average per agent in 2022 for people that actually did a deal. So the, the overall average is less, but – you know, some people get in and they can't close a folder. So it's that that that's part of the challenge. So do you see a lot of people doing the stuff they thought like worked during the good times and, and they're and they're not ramping it up right now? Like what are your observations in the marketplace? As far as other agents? Everybody besides the three of us sitting here at the table. <laughs> well, I know what our team does. Right. <laughs> and I know what we focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because when you're out doing showings and you're looking at listings, you'll see there's a number of other agents that are, they pop up all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're doing the things that they need to do because they're still, you know, they still have listings or they're they're presenting offers on behalf of their buyers to, mm-hmm. to our listings. Um, so they're doing those things. So, but people that aren't, I don't know because I don't come in contact with them. Right. Well, well, you probably do, and you don't know what, like, I mean, okay. you're doing deals with these people, guaranteed. You just may not realize it because you're talking to them on the phone. I mean, how much interaction do you really have with a co-op agent besides the, the transactional stuff? Some more than others. Yeah. <laughs> if you're really good, you're just emailing them, Stacey. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say, like, 
outside of like our team, I don't know that I really like keep tabs on on too many people. But there are like to your point there. I mean, there are agents that you do recognize because you've either done deals with them in the past or like I've had it before where you go to like call, you know, the listing agent for whatever house and you were bringing a buyer through and um, then you follow up with a text and like I didn't have their number saved, but you can see there mm. were previous times, I guess, for other offers and other houses that you <laughs> were in communication. So um, you do and it, it's a smaller world than I think you would think, you know, mm-hmm. like for the people that are actually out there doing deals and, you know, working with a lot of clients. Um, it's, it's a smaller world than I think that you would like initially kind of like think there w- it would be. Mm-hmm. I agree. So maybe I have a little different perspective than you two. And that's because you guys are doing the work. And actually I, I've noticed both of you change your approach this year. And even like the second half of last year versus the first half. I mean, I've seen it. We work together a lot. So it's, I was texting with a buddy of mine this morning, Josh Rubin up in New York. And we were commenting on how all these realtors want to become coaches right now. We've probably seen a lot of that. Like they want to coach or they want to do all these things. And he said, here's the business plan of the future. Talk to people, go meet them, have a follow-up appointments with them and sell them houses. And like, that's like literally the, the plan. And I think so many people are lost in this. We talked last week about the people that want to build video empires or want to become social media influencers. Um, and it, it's, it, it, there's too much of a focus on branding right now instead of actually educating clients. And that seems to be the biggest challenge that's out there. I mean, I saw you both nod your head. So, I mean, is there, is there more client education than, than what was happening even a year ago? What, what are you having to do right now to push these sales through the funnel? Definitely client education. I mean, it's key. Yeah. You know, it's like deer in headlights when you meet people. How, how do you expect to get them, you know, get them through a transaction where they have not a clue? Right. And their, their expectations are up here and you have to, you know, give it to them how it, really is in the market. Right. So um, I think if you're not doing that, that's such a disservice. Mm-hmm. That's such a disservice. And somebody else is going to do that mm-hmm. for right. clients. And I think that you need to keep trying to educate them throughout. Because I think like, I mean, I know I've worked with people before where they almost like brush it off or they don't want to hear it yet. Or like not until you're at the next step, do they want to hear what happens the next step. Yeah. But um just kind of continuing to try to like explain to them what's happening and what happens next and what they can expect throughout the course of of the transaction. Um, it just it makes it smoother. But, you know, because you will you have some people that are very receptive and want to mm-hmm. hear the things. And then you right. have other people that you can see their eyes like glaze over mm-hmm. like the second that you start trying to get into any detail about anything. Exactly. And then and then there's the few that uh, don't they don't trust what you're telling them mm-hmm. because they're listening to, you know, the national yep. right, part of real estate. Um, so you, some of those, some of them you can with data, you can overwhelm them with the data. Mm-hmm. We know data all the time. We know it. We're in right. it. So once you establish that, Hey, I am a knowledge broker. Hey, yeah. I do. Hey. Ha- here's the information and yeah. it's, it's valid. Mm-hmm. Turn off the national stuff. Right. Um, it's kind of building trust and rapport. And I think yeah. that's really, really important. Yeah. So I, I agree with that totally. And the, the, and a lot of people just didn't do that the past two years. They just right. showed up. Hey, you're not buying a house. See you. I got to find someone who can. I don't have time for you if you're going to think this through. Um, so what, what Gary Keller went on to say, along with his executive team, was that uh, there's an issue with fixating on mortgage rates. And uh, they believe that it's going to be a rocky ride in 2023 because of the it's going to be full of the government trying to control inflation 
and they don't want to send the economy into a full-blown recession. The odds are you're going to have one, um, and his definitions, they had one last year, but nobody talked about it because all the numbers were good. So, you know, I, I, you were going to see more of this like Fed overcompensation because they put so much money into the system. I think that's a really astute point. And at the same time, I don't think housing's changed that much. It's just so many agents haven't sold a home in a down market. They don't know what to do. Uh, so that, that was pretty interesting to me that, I mean, it's almost like you have to shift it to like, hey, here's your payment. Forget what the rate's going to be. You're never going to see three. You're never, you might never see four again. And until people kind of realize that, it's going to be a challenge. But we talk about this all the time. You know, in 1979, uh, interest rates were below 10%. And then they they peaked at 18% a year later. I mean, that's when he got into the business. So I I, I feel like that's kind of got to be constantly reminded to people uh, because this is, there, there's going to be a lot of government interference here over the next, you know, nine, nine, ten months. I I agree with that. They've been trying their hardest to <laughs> change that inflation number and bring it down to two percent is their goal. Um, and the job markets just keep getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Like unemployment rate Fair, is so fairy tale low. job markets right. is what what a lot of people have said. Yes, and Tom, you've been talking about you already knew we were in a recession last year, but nobody else was talking about it because the numbers were telling the story. Um, but you wouldn't hear it anywhere. You know, very few people were saying that word. They just didn't want to say that word because yeah. for fear of, but that's exactly like they want, you know, they, they, their goal was to bring the economy down to a certain extent mm-hmm. because that's, what's going to help inflation. Right. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And then for the, as you were, as you guys were just saying here, um, absolutely bringing it back to monthly payment versus like, don't focus so much on what this number is like, yes, this, can you afford this a month? This is what you can expect to be paying a month, you know? Um, and just kind of like, don't worry about what the, the actual interest rate number is. Um, because it's not gonna, how long are you going to be in the house? Right. What's your plan? Right. Is it going to be a 10 year plan? Yeah. Then yes. Get into the home for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So the, the, la- the last kind of thing here I'll, I'll bring up, and then we'll, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. we got Chris Smith waiting in the wings here. Very excited for this conversation. Um, because it's been such a confusing market um, and because there, there's, there's so much volatility, what they talked about is that you know 2023 is still on pace to be the third greatest year in recorded real estate history with $2.13 trillion in total market volume, even though home prices may – stay flat or decline. So for the agents out there, I, I think it's it's going back to what did I do to win business before the pandemic? I, you know, Because so many people got in, they thought they were going to get rich quick. I think that was a, a big issue that happened for, for a lot of folks. And if you put that into context here, just to give an idea, um, they, they, I mean, there's people that came in, they said, it's easy. I'm just going to show up. And there's some agents that did cash in and and now they don't know what to do. Because the market shifted so fast. And I think the speed of the shift is one of the big things that a lot of people aren't talking about. It was literally like good one day and bad the next. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that was pretty clear last year. So reading this from Gary Keller, what, what should agents be doing if they haven't adjusted their game already? You two have. That's why you're doing well. You're both having great. You're off to a great start in the year. Sarah, your numbers are bananas, by the way. I mean, we talked about this earlier. Stacy's like a machine. She gets it's, it's <laughs> un, unstoppable. What what have you done differently now, and what should agents be doing now that it's clear this market that we came out of was maybe a once-in-a-lifetime thing for a lot of people in real estate? 
and looking at Gary Keller's comments here. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say this isn't something that I've like done differently, but something that's been very beneficial is being part of a team where part of our just, you know, work week is we do have different meetings throughout the week that kind of educate us on what's going on, what strategies are working, you know, so it's not just you having to figure out or spend like hours every day, like reading Mm -hmm. what's up, you know, you go into these uh, meetings where you're getting real time advice on what is going on. How can we structure these um, so that then you can go out and give that information to your to your clients? Like, you know, you're getting reliable information and a lot of like proven uh, case studies just from within our team as to like what's been working. I think we know that the market shifts before a lot of other agents know the market shifts. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that just by some how some people uh, or how some offers are presented if you have a listing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that was just an eye-opener for me, you know, when you're going through multiple offers and you're just looking how other agents wrote and advised their clients. Now, yeah, you're limited to their, to their comfort level, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. still... There's, um, I think that there's still behind the eight ball, so to speak. Um, but yeah, being part of a team for us, for me, is amazing because I feel like I can go to any person on our team if I need information, if I need advice, mm-hmm. if I need a question answered. Um, and just the constant training that we participate in, it's it just keeps you know, reinforcing mm-hmm. what we know and honing our skills, which you need. You need more negotiating skills in this market than anything, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be able to talk to people. <laughs> right. You know, we have systems in place that really help out, you know, to, to make you and elevate you to be a success, mm-hmm. which if you're a solo agent and you don't have those things in place or you haven't been doing it long, I don't know. I'm just grateful that I'm on this team and that I can, you know, I can just get the best, the top of notch training. And I think that's really, really important. Right. So you guys are very kind and I appreciate all, all, all the words there. I mean, we're doing something right. What I would, what I would leave with is this. I think it's, it's great to have the training and the knowledge you're implementing it on a daily basis. Right. And I think that's, that's going to be the, the difference between the people that succeed and don't. So I'm going to read the same thing again. My friend, Josh Rubin from New York said, I'm going to have to edit it out a little bit. Pick up the phone, have more conversations, meet more people, sell more houses. The simple business plan of the future. That sums it up right there. Now, when you're having these conversations, you got to talk about the market and get ahead of it and educate them. Like all these things kind of go together because you can't have lazy follow up anymore. That's just not going to cut it. And that did work in 2020 and 2021. If you were the right place, the right time, and you had availability in your schedule for the 15 minute showing window, you might have won a client. Mm -hmm. So Gary Keller, again, bringing some wisdom here. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got Chris Smith from Curator. Very excited about this interview here. It's Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage America, 
NLS 128501. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's Tom Tool with an E dot com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We have Gabe behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we've got a very special guest on Chris Smith from Curator. Chris, thanks for coming on. This was a last-minute change because Jimmy, his partner, got food poisoning, meaning he didn't want to show up. That's like the <laughs> typical I'm not coming to work today excuse. But in all seriousness, I think we, we, we really lucked out here. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. You know, this is kind of like the flu game, Tom. This yeah. is the flu game for me. So I, it's so funny because I'm looking at a painting that Jimmy gave me, and it's a, it's a beautiful custom painting of Michael Jordan, you know, hunched over during that famous game and he sent it to me because I went through a really really tragic injury about seven days before a conference we were spending millions of dollars on and so he and the team sent it and I looked at it every day and I stared at it and now I keep it as a a memento that you know you really can dig deep when you need to love it well you've got an amazing story on a lot of levels so I Chris I don't know if you remember this I first met you at a Remax Pennsylvania like awards event or something like that um, and if you guys don't know Chris, I mean, he, he's the co-founder of a company called Curator, best-selling author of The Conversion Code. Um, you got a lot to talk about, man. So, I mean, I'm going to kind of leave it up to you. Like, wh- what do you feel like real estate agents and consumers should know right now? I mean, I, it's there, there, there's so much to unpack. I'd love to hear you kind of tell people what they think they need to hear right now. Well, the first thing I would say is just listening to you guys' conversation. They need to work with people that are clearly sharp. And it's, <laughs> it's clear you guys are sharp when you listen. You know, because you guys have it all down. I don't need to teach you guys specifically. But the thing that you said that I thought a lot about was giving Gary Keller some credit. I think that says a lot about you, Tom, with where the industry is at right now. 
I think that people are choosing sides, and it's a, it's a mistake in many ways. They sort of are all in on EXP or all in on real, and you know the reality is that everybody's going to work somewhere. And Gary Keller is the Steve Jobs of real estate. I, I'll, I'll take anybody to battle on that. And I've met him. I've spent two hours with him alone in his office. He's he's like Yoda for real, and he's just a good guy. When you said that, I was thinking you're so right because if if you think about the perception of maybe what's going on in the industry versus if you listen to him on stage and take notes, it's a big difference. So part of it is, are you showing up to things like that open-minded? Love that. Well, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, I've seen him speak um, at the uh, T360 conference, and he is, he is very dynamic. And you have all the CEOs up there, and year after year, he's the guy I get most excited about. And he gets the most time from Stefan Swanpole, which tells you what you need to know. So that, that, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So you know why? Because he doesn't go to every event. Well, yeah, that's... He, 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 he makes himself inaccessible on purpose. And that's a strategy I picked up on. You know, people are just dumping themselves into every opportunity they can find. Gary Keller's like the Wizard of Oz. You got to kind of like figure out how to get behind the curtain to even get in a room with him. So I, I just think it's, it's just funny that you mentioned that because his content is fire. You don't even need to watch the speech. Just get the deck, go through the yep. deck. But the other thing you made me think about, like what should agents and you know consumers be thinking about? The thing that's so weird about me, Tom, is I heard this story about Kobe, and it made me it, it made me think a lot about how I'm wired. Even though I don't want to compare myself to Kobe because I'm white and short and slow, and geez, <laughs> like I think he's from Philly, so I got to be careful. Um, so, like for me personally, I heard this story where it, there's only been one flagrant foul in the history of the All Star Game, which just happened. I think two nights ago. And, you know, you see they barely play defense. So Kobe's going up for some spectacular reverse layup, and D-Wade just kind of swipes at him, and he actually hits him on the face, and he breaks his cheek, like broke his cheek and his nose. It's the only flagrant foul in the history of the game, and D-Wade had to play Kobe like five nights later, right? So he didn't get a chance to apologize after the game. So when they were about to start, you know, the game a week later, he went up to him and said, hey, man, I feel freaking so bad. You know, I really want you to know that was an accident. And he said he'll never forgot what Kobe said. He said he stared him straight in the face and he said, I like it. I'm glad that you did it. Because that's a challenge for him that's unique to play with that injury, to play with that mask on. He is wired for challenges and all the best people in business are. So if you're a real estate agent, you should technically get more excited. You should get more dopamine and serotonin and juices flowing when it's hard. Sorry if I'm cursing on the air. I don't know. We, I th- I, I, it's the first time that's happened in the history of the show, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, well, I'm not worried about it. We'll be okay. We're not going to kick off AM. Yeah, F- FCC, they're, they're storming in right now, Chris. You can't see him. So. Yes. Uh, I, I love the Kobe story. Just be, I mean, like I lived down the street from where he played high school basketball. Um, he was in high school when I, when I was, I mean, and he's, he was a different breed that you don't see a lot of. I mean, I think a lot of the players, they kind of pal around now. He was, he was kind of the opposite of that. And I think a lot of agents can take note here because he wanted the challenges and, and the challenge of the market right now, we haven't seen this since 2008 to 2012. And most of these people weren't even in the business. So, right. Something I've been texting with uh, Jimmy, your partner, a lot, and I know you guys are on a mission to crack the seller listing code, and I think that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what Kobe's talking about. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I, I think that that's more running your business by design than by default, and that's what every agent should be doing right now. 
Yeah, for sure, Tom. I mean, the nice thing about real estate is you can sort of layer in things that work and then kind of keep those and then keep layering things in if you do it the right way. You don't, you know, use systems and smart people. That's that's a bigger problem that I can't help people with. But if you actually layer in FISBO, layer in expired, layer in Zillow, layer in Facebook ads, layer in Google ads, you can actually build a beautiful machine that builds your brand and it kind of gets you out there all over the place. And then if you think about Instagram and if you think about video, the dream is inbound marketing. The dream is to not chase leads. The dream is for leads to chase you. So what's happening right now is we're at this critical moment where from 2010 to 2020, a curator and at Boomtown and at Wailopo and at Commission Zinc, and, uh, every single strategy was the same. Drive traffic, landing page, force reg, drip alerts. That's where 90% of the internet businesses come from in this industry, Tom. Mm-hmm. That strategy. And that playbook's annoying and old school, and I don't think it's the playbook from 2020 to 2030. So the, the reason it's tricky is People feel like they have to choose. No, you know, run Facebook ads, run Google ads, but you can ask more questions to get higher quality leads. That just takes one second. You know, everybody wants volume. They don't realize these things are connected. When I do a workshop, I say, here's the chart, quantity, quality. Pick, pick somewhere on the chart. Because if you want to go over on the quantity side, we're losing quality. So if people want to stop chasing leads, it's very simple. Higher quality marketing, more not less fields on the forms, more, not less qualifying with the copy. As an example, if you're buying a home in the next 60 days, you need to click and read this before you do. If you say that in an ad, you're warming somebody up. And then if you go from that to a thing with 10 questions, how scared are you about buying a home right now? They're like, but what do people want to do, Tom? No, they want light red. They want to make people they want to trick people into thinking they ain't even register with the Facebook connect and the Google connect. Like, so anyway, man, I just think the future doesn't look like the past. And that's something people like Gary Keller know for certain. So, so I, I love that because I mean, as, as you're saying this, Stacy and Sarah, who are two agents, they're, they're laughing and they're kind of agreeing because they're, they're, they're seeing it as well. And if you look at what there was a lot of lazy follow-up you guys co-wrote a book with phil jones who we've been you know studying and implement that like on a daily basis with magic words and, and he hates lazy follow-up and if you're going to ask those pointed questions to people and you're going to make it a little harder for them to get through your funnel so you get their information the conversion is going to be higher i've seen the results you guys are posting so what do you think gets in the way for agents i mean obviously it you know there's people want it to be easy and they want inbound leads and have the dream What's going to be the biggest challenge or what's hanging up agents right now? Because there's a lot of people that are worried the sky is falling and they don't know what to do. I would say there are a lot of challenges. The number one probably problem is obsessing about attribution, if things are working or not. Because every time I talk to somebody that's doing really good on social, they they still, the reason they want to talk to me is because they can't figure out if it's working. They want to track it better, improve their conversion rate, you know, cost per lead, lower their cost per click, lower their cost per acquisition, all these cool things. I work with software companies and real estate teams. They all want the same thing. They want higher quality leads that are easier to convert. That's all they want. So the, the way that uh, companies are doing that, I mean, listen, Curator Attract is the 2020 to 2030. So Curator, as everybody's noted until now, would be the idea that you do better marketing. You do what I call real marketing. You have a blog, you have an email newsletter, you publish, you do Instagram, you do stories, you have YouTube, you do YouTube ads. Like, like we've always been an agency that did marketing. 
Mm-hmm. And we just learned, and I'm going to be really transparent here. I hope Jimmy doesn't get mad at me because I'm filling in. We copied <laughs> Zillow Flex. Because Zillow Flex has figured out something very simple. If you hand the agent a closing, they will give you any terms you want. So brokerages are racing to the bottom on 90-10 splits. They're, they're sort of, people are leaving, they're bringing them back, they're, they're giving them the kingdom. And meanwhile, Zillow, who, don't you guys in many cases hate them? Everybody hates Zillow. I was talking crap about Zillow. Well, Zillow's at 35%, my friend. How is that possible? Because Zillow is handing the agent a customer. You might say, oh, it's because of Zillow's brand. I don't care. Forget that. They got a good mobile app. They got a brand. They got traffic. They got leads. That's not the point. The point is it's worth 30% if you acquire the customer for your customer. And to do that, you just said, why can't agents do it? Too busy, not enough time, don't want to do it, not their skill set. There's a million reasons. That's why people like you are doing shows like this. You're not in the boiler room calling leads, but I bet you have people that are. I mean, I I am Mr. Boiler Room, Chris. So, uh, (laughs) I mean, that was my life before this. So I I get it. (laughs) No, you get it. And and, and I I am too, man. We're from the same place. I'm just saying, do the broke, excuse me, do the BAM type content, you know, the BAM type content marketing, and then do the Tim the Tool Man freaking follow-up. And that is Mecca. Because you, like the whole like speed the lead and call a lot. Number one, you barely have to do that when you get really good leads. Like I don't call leads six times in the first five seconds. Like, because the way they come into me is I don't have forms. This is another answer to your question earlier. How can agents adjust? They can just never make anyone register again. And back to those people I asked, how's your business? Oh, we doubled it. We tripled it. What do you need help with? We can't figure out if uh, social media is working. Like, dude, you tripled your business. It's working. Go back to the gym. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah. So I have a thing at the end of my book. I put the analytics at the end. I called it bonus. Like, don't, you know, people don't even go to the bonus chapter. I'm like trying to hide it. And, and I have a little formula called G squared. If you feel good in your gut that your stuff's good, your market is good, you're caught, check and then if, you, if you're growing, check. That's it. it. You know, and don't overthink that. Be proud of the work you're doing. Do it because you want to be creative and you want to put content into the world that truly helps people. But if you're going to do that, then you, you can't do the other thing about cost per lead, cost per click, conversion rates. That's why it was always so hard for us at Curator to talk to people, Tom, because they would ask us those questions, and that's not the stuff that we're focused on. So at the end of the day, Zillow calls the lead, sets the appointment, Make sure that the teams they work with are legit, have a ridiculous RFP that you have to jump through hoops. And I think that really Zillow Flex, you know, imagine if there was a brokerage that was a 35% commission split that was like actually big and massive. You know, so I I think that that would be what I would be looking at. If I'm going to hire a vendor, which by the way, vendors during the tough time become our partners. That's what Mm -hmm. I've noticed. I've, I've noticed that the Scarlet V for vendor that you wear as a, as a vendor normally when stuff's good, all of a sudden they want to hear you out a little bit more. They're looking for solutions because now they have a problem. So I, I think number one, treat us like vendor, treat us like partners all the time. Veronica has treated me like a partner from day one. She treats Zillow like a partner. You treat you know these companies like your partners, not your vendors. And so that's another thing where if you're already going into an interaction with a sales guy from a software company that's trying to help you get the right platform or, or do lead gen, 
you know, just a lot of people, I believe, have already made the decision that it doesn't work before they even get on that call. Well, that, that's a really great point. I mean, we're, we're a Zillow Flex team. We were one of the first ones in the marketplace. And, and I look at it as, hey, this is a lead pillar. This can be really profitable. What can you do with it afterwards? Um, I mean, we put out a ton of content here. We've been doing this show. How long, Sarah? It's been – how old's your daughter? Because that's how long we can we can remember She'll be this. two in May. So we've been doing this wow. two years. And, I mean, we don't have an ROI tracker on the AM radio show that we put on YouTube and, and <laughs> everything else. Yeah. But Stacy said she's had, what, two or three people say, I recognize you from the show. Let's do some business. So, I mean, that's an ROI tracker, and it, it's brand awareness. I think that's a great point because, obviously, it, it works when people start to notice, and then the brand becomes bigger and bigger. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the things – you may not remember this. I wanted to ask you this as well. Um, you did a 5 a.m. call a couple years ago and talked about how one of your first sales jobs, they put a box up on a board. I don't remember the story, but it was like pretty impactful, yeah. and I'd, I'd love to hear that again. It was it was one of my favorite calls, but I need to hear it hear it a second yeah. time. Yeah, I'll give it to you, man. I worked in a boiler room. It was Lou Perlman. If people want to Google him, he's a absolute mess, uh, <laughs> and he's a billionaire that ripped off a bunch of boy bands. And it, yeah. it, you know, just Google the Lou Perlman saga. He's dead. He was just so unethical and immoral. And that was my first boss because I was doing phone sales for his company, and. His head of sales, his, you know, Tom Ferry, if you will, his Tom Tool, you know, his coach, his number one guy was one of the best salespeople in the history of sales. He was better than Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He was a real one. And he was towards the end of his career, Tom. He's probably mid to late 60s, maybe early 70s. And he would come in every morning and he would do a lesson and he would basically teach us like the equivalent of kind of the tips that you and I would teach around like, Hey, get them more excited than the cost. And then when they're excited, you close. And then if you don't close at the right time, they'll kind of come off the back of that Hill. It's like having Zig Ziglar up there every day (laughs) for like 15 minutes. It was amazing. Well, the story about the box on the chalkboard is I was in my first week and he comes in and I had only been working for like a couple of days. And he said, Hey, I got a list of names. It was like, Oh, what's going on? He's like, if you hear your name, you still have a job. (laughs) It's like, if you don't, you have five minutes to turn in your badge and leave the room. And he fired half the room. And it was crazy. I've never seen a scene like this because one thing I never even thought about was that the person getting fired is the person that got the person not getting fired hired. Wow. Right? It was yep. just like, what just happened? And so chaos, very Jerry Maguire-y, you know, and then but with like 30 people, not one guy. And then all of a sudden, the dust settles, they get everybody out, the badge is red, he comes back in the room and he draws a square on the chalkboard. And he goes, all those people just asked for their jobs back. One lady says she has a kid that's sick, one guy said his wife's pregnant, he goes, I didn't give him any of their jobs back because I didn't fire any of them. They all fired themselves because they didn't hit their numbers. When we look at the spreadsheet to decide if we fire people, it's a square on purpose so that excuses won't fit. I was like, oh, crap, get me back on the phone. <laughs> Next thing you know, so I was like, I'm just telling you, it was like this experience with this gentleman, and it was short because I couldn't, I couldn't be around the sleeves for too long. I, 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 felt, I felt unethical. And so, but it was like, oh, $4,000 in one week? Like, whoa, <laughs> how does that work? Like $4,000 in a month in my whole life up to that point. So I was like, I got a taste of it. I knew I was good at it. I knew I loved it. And then I was like, okay, let me bounce and go work for a legit company, which ended up being Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage, where then I kind of did the same stuff, 
but it, it, you know, in a company that's a multi-billion-dollar organization that owns NBA teams and has licensing mm-hmm. deals with, yes. with let me tell you, Dan Gilbert's got some stories too, my friend. I'm, but I'm at sure. the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, you don't become a billionaire shaking people's hands, Tom. You know, that's not how everybody gets that rich. Love it. Well, I think that I think that speaks to the market that we're in. Um, that you got to love it and you got to want to kind of lean in. And it, it, I mean. I, I think you're Jimmy told me this in a text message or something where it's like most agents are two to three bad months about uh, being out of the business uh, because that's how volatile the real estate industry is. So we got what, like three minutes left here. So you want to follow Chris, you can follow him on Instagram. It's at Chris underscore Smith without an I. So Chris underscore Smith without an I. Chris, what do you want to leave the audience with here? We got realtors listening, consumers, uh, team members. What 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 should they know about you and your company? Dynamic company. It's curator.com, I believe, is where they can find out about you guys. Uh, what do you want to yeah. leave the the real estate public with here in the final three minutes on the show? Because we do have a we get played sure. off. Yeah, no problem. I do think that um, we've covered so much, and I think it was great. I appreciate you guys having me on. And just make sure you text Jimmy and say you're glad that I came instead. That would really make my day. <laughs> I will gladly uh, do but, that. <laughs> so no problem. <laughs> but one thing that came to mind, because I was, you know, Jimmy says, I think in sound bites, which is really helpful for people. You do a great job with that, too, Tom. You make complicated points simple to understand. I think the best teachers do. So the, the one thing you maybe think about throughout the call is that jingles don't have conversion rates. <laughs> Because I've heard your jingle several times now. But you, you mentioned, I don't know, but I'm hearing it. Tom, uh, you get more with Tom. Tom, you get more with Tom. Tool, you come with Tool, you get double. You'd never leave money on the table if you work with Tom. You see what I'm saying? So there's no conversion rate for jingles. So quit trying to find it. Just, like, sing it. <laughs> so that's part of it. That's all of that. And then I just think with Curator, I, I just want the audience to know that if you're going to – uh, do your own stuff, you know, do the personal brand, cool stuff. Don't, don't go out there with your personal brand and do the annoying stuff. You know, the, the I think for me, it's kind of like, I'm going to do through the stuff that I do, you know, I want to be like Matt Leonetti, you know, I want to <laughs> be like Glenda. I want to be like Brad McCollum. I want to be like Ken Pozek. I want to be like Byron. Right. So on the front side, I want to be like them. You know, but I, I definitely want to boil a room on the back end, following up with the opportunities that they create. I actually will leave you with this. I told someone this yesterday. I shouldn't even say this publicly. I need to quit taking my advice so literally. I got these amazing CEOs hitting me up. I'm not chasing them. I need to chase leads harder. Most people need to chase leads a little bit less. So at the end of the day, inbound, that's the life you want. And it comes down to content to do that. The only content that people care about is the one that comes from you. That's original. That's your DNA. Love it. All right. Chris Smith from Curator. Curator.com. Again, you can follow him on Instagram at Chris underscore Smith without the I. You can follow Sarah. She's at Ty underscore tie time. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. I'm Tom Tool 3RD. Chris, thanks again for coming on, man. That's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.